1: Halloween has become one of America's biggest holidays, from horror film extravaganzas on TV to candy and trick-or-treating. The fact is, is that Halloween has surpassed a lot of the normal holidays here in the United States. But for Christians, what we want to answer today is, should Christians be celebrating Halloween? Halloween? So with me today to discuss this is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing? Praise God. Ready to tackle this topic. Yeah, it, it is a really, really important one. And I got to be honest, we've we've posted about this on our Facebook page, on Instagram and so forth. And there's a lot of people, I would say, that are on our side concerning this. And there seem to be a lot of people whose feathers really get ruffled one way or the other, wherever they stand on that, whether it's copying and pasting all their links over to our page and so forth, uh, or it's simply just, hey, man, you guys don't know what you're talking about. This is a Christian holiday, actually. And we're going to have to get into a lot of those questions. But I guess before we can even get into those questions and asking some more detailed questions, we really have to get into the origins of the holiday altogether, because it is really important for us to understand that of, Where did this holiday come from? And I guess that helps us to answer that question of whether or not Christians should be celebrating it. So with all of that, Joe, I have to ask you, what are some of the origins? Where did this holiday come from that people celebrate so fervently?
2: Yeah, uh, the origins aren't really disputed. Sometimes people try to, you know, say it basically has its roots in Roman Catholicism. But when you understand the history of Roman Catholicism, that they were in the habit of trying to Christianized uh, pagan holidays, often. Uh, Sometimes they were more successful than others. Uh, But when they made, you know, All Hallows' Eve, uh, you know, on the eve of Halloween, and they began to, you know, the Roman Catholic Church has a twisted occult understanding of dealing with the dead, where you can actually talk to the dead and you can pray to the dead, specific dead saints, supposedly. When the Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and so forth, and Jesus says, He's the way, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to Father but through me. Uh, we're called, we're forbidden to worship the dead, uh, to seek mediums, to seek mediums who would basically be a, a conduit between the realm of the dead and us. It's all forbidden. And all, Saints Eve and so forth, it's all tied into purgatory and so forth. So, uh, and I do, yeah, yes, definitely the Roman Catholic Church sought to Christianize it. But uh, you got to go back a little further, and you see that they, as often happens with Roman Catholicism, they end up baptizing uh, wickedness, and saying, hey, since we've Christianized it, what, what really wickedness wasn't rooted out, it was just twisted a bit, yeah. and so forth.
1: Uh, you know, it's interesting, because we actually, we did some ministry in Rome together, and mm-hmm. when you go there, and, and it's so interesting that we look at this topic from the same uh, spectrum, really, when you go there and you see where you have these these gods of the Greeks and so forth, that they were worshipped, even the gods yeah. of the Romans as well, that they were worshipped, and now you're told when you go there, oh, that's actually just a, a saint. Yeah. And they and they baptize this in cath- yeah. cath- Catholic sainthood on top of a false god. And it seems like the lipstick on the pig uh, continues here. But let's get yeah. to the origins, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and that's a very important yeah. point, though.
2: And I think it's important that we understand. I'm all for, as a Christian, hey, if the whole world's celebrating darkness, having an alternative to worship the Lord... But not to bring their practices in to our worship of the Lord. You see, it has to be distinct, uh, and so forth. And uh, and when there's not clear lines of pagan, you know, baptizing pagan things and bringing them in, those are disputable. But when there's clear things, I mean, the ancient, the origins of Halloween. We know the Druids; they were master magicians, occultists out of Ireland before it was called Ireland. You had the, the 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 you know Celtic worship and the worship of the Druids, which involved fortune telling. Which was had a big part of the ancient, you know, uh, worship of Samhain. Uh, you might say, "What Samhain?" If, if you're reading about Halloween, you'll see the word. It seems like it's pronounced Samhain, S A M H A I N. The way it's pronounced is Samhain, like Sao rhyming with cow. Samhain, and it was a worship of false gods, like the sun god. Now, it's disputed whether Samhain was actually just the name of the holiday, or that there was actually the, the Lord of the Lord of Death. They're definitely worshiping the Lord of Death. We know who the Lord of Death is: it's Satan. So whoever they're standing for, the Lord of Death was it, it would represent Satan. Uh, but let me quote from this thirteenth edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. It states the two chief characteristics of ancient Halloween were lighting of bonfires and the belief that all, all nights uh, in the year this one during which ghosts and witches are most likely to wander abroad. Now on then it goes on to say now on or about on the first of December the Druids held their great autumn festival and lighted fires and honor of the sun god and thanksgiving for the harvest. Further, it was Druidic belief that on the eve of this festival, Samhain, Lord of Death, as they call him, uh, called together the wicked souls uh, that within the past 12 months have been condemned to inhabit the bodies of animals. Thus it is clear that the main celebrations of Halloween were purely Druidical. Let me read that again. Thus it is clear that the main celebrations of Halloween were purely Druidical. And this is further proved by the fact that in parts of Ireland, the 31st of October was, and even still is, now known as the Vigil of Samhain. Let me quote another encyclopedia. I'm quoting secular sources. This is uh, Funk and Wagnalls. It's like like 25. I've got 25 volumes of it. Halloween, name applied to the uh, evening of October 31st. The observances connected with Halloween are thought to have originated among the ancient Druids, who believed uh, that on the evening, Samhain, the Lord of the dead, called forth hosts of evil spirits. The Druids customarily lit great fires of Halloween, apparently for the purpose of warding off these spirits. And that has a lot to do with why poor people were masked then. They tried to disguise themselves and even scare the spirits. Among the ancient Celts, Halloween was the last evening of the year and was regarded as propitious time for examining portents of the future, casting, you know, omens and so forth. The Celts also believed that the spirits of the dead visited their earthly homes on that evening. The concept of ghosts and witches still common to Halloween observances of similar origin is the use of hallowed-out pumpkins carved to resemble grotesque faces and lit by candles placed inside. So we're seeing the ancient Druids, you know, they worshipped in a very similar manner, same time of year and so forth. And it's important to understand that during that time of year, as the winter solstice was coming and everything was becoming dark and everything was dying, uh, they they looked at things that ran into each other, whether it was one season the next, whether it was uh, the shoreline, uh, the water to the you know the sand and so forth. They looked at these as turning points in life. So they looked at this as an opportunity, specifically when the line and uh, between the physical realm, our world, and the spiritual realm became very very thin, and the idea that spirit entities would basically were set free, and that the Lord of Death. Some call, say it was Saul was the name of death, the Lord of death. Like I said, we can't absolutely know for sure, but we do know that they were worshiping the Lord of death. They were worshiping death. They were, they were appeasing these spirits. They were offering sacrifices, sometimes bloody sacrifices, human sacrifices that were reported uh, because they felt that these spirit entities were, you know, there about. And therefore, it became a very good time to, for necromancers because guess what? These spirits are readily available and for sorcery and for magic. And that basically, to this day, you can draw a line from what was going on in the day, whether it's the pumpkins, whether it's trick-or-treating, whether it's uh, dressing up like evil people or demons and goblins and so forth, all has its roots in that. Let me give you another uh, quote from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Under their entry, Heaven, it states, quote, In ancient Britain and Ireland, the uh, Celtic festival of Samhain, was observed on October 31st at the end of the summer. The souls of the dead were supposed to revisit their homes on this day, and the autumnal festival acquired sinister significance with ghosts, witches, goblins, black cats, fairies, and demons of all kinds said to be roaming about. It was at this time, uh, it was the time to placate the supernatural powers, controlling the processes of nature. So the idea, this was worship. This was a form of worship. Placating them. In addition, Halloween was thought to be the most favorable time for divinations concerning marriage, luck, health, and death. It was the only day on which the help of the devil was invoked for such purposes. That's their entry in 2005 under Halloween, Encyclopedia Britannica. So we're reading, Chad, that you know that this was understood to be a day of evil, and you had to appease these spirits. However, we're told in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. That Jesus got victory over Satan, and and that Satan was the Bible talks about he got victory over Satan, who is the who had the power over death. So we know who the Lord of Death is, right? It's Satan. But we know that Jesus is Lord of all, and he conquered Satan. So it's interesting. Whatever name you want to call it, by false gods will go by different kinds of names. Satan even comes to the angel of light. It's a worship. It's a satanic holiday. It's it's appeasing the the, the demonic entities, and we know there's not dead people coming to the to the land and so forth. We know that uh, the Bible teaches that evil spirits masquerade themselves. Satan masquerades even. himself yeah. as an angel of light. They come as familiar spirits. Amen. Exactly. So this is really important that we understand this because uh there is this realm that we need to be very concerned about. And this time of year, the realm is very active. I think it's very active, not because it's like, oh, Satan picks this time of year, because Satan has to get people to open themselves up. So he inspires holidays where you are more open to him. And that thereby, when you play into his hand, opens people up to the demonic world, to the spiritual world. And, and he also gives the false understanding that you can manipulate magicians, sorcerers, uh, practitioners of black magic, uh, shamans, that they can manipulate the spirit world. So one thing I mean you see in black magic, you see in sorcery, you see in white magic too, is the idea of drawing circles, uh, pentagrams, and standing within these magic circles that are gonna ward off these evil spirits. And we know that's a joke. We know Satan would love people that are practicing magic to think, wow, yeah, we can have control over these spirits. And a lot of them are getting attacked, attacked by demonic entities. And uh, Chad's got a really cool show coming up on 5.11. On I, I should plug right now because it's going to get into, you know, I don't want to, you know, just want to whet your appetite. You got to check it out because it's going to be really good on, uh, you know, rock stars and stuff being haunted and so forth. It's a good uh, Halloween show to show what's going on. But a lot of these guys, whether it's certain rock stars or magicians like Aleister Crowley, oh, this is how you control these spirits. And he even mentions Crowley that you can go mentally insane because these entities. Even you know people that I exposed, top Marvel writers, you know, uh, and DC writers uh, talk about it, these entities. And with Grant Morrison, one of the biggest writers of all, saying you got to be careful contacting these demons because they have a lot of anger and so forth. And so what they try to do, Satan says, oh, you can't control me. Just you know, draw circles, do this, do that. So they're doing all, going through all these hoops. They're not controlling anything, man. Satan's laughing at them, and that's what Halloween was about. Was if you if you dress up in, 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 in an evil mask, you might scare them away, or you might, uh, for instance, guard, they won't know who your your identity is, which is a joke. Uh, if you you know, light bonfires, or if you give treats, these demons won't play a trick on you, or these entities, which could be for them the dead, could be demons, could be gods, you know, and so forth. So it's important that we keep we're aware of all this, you know.
1: No, I I think it is is so. Unbelievably important that we get down to the origins of all this because people need to understand that. And I think while we're talking uh, about origins, a a question that has to come up because somebody be like, "Well, that's just what that's just what they wanted." I celebrate it this way, and I and I find this interesting, by the way, because when it comes to Halloween, as as we talked about in the introduction of this show, the fact is is that Halloween has been blowing up. It's one of the most popular holidays in America and when you look just go and look on anything and, you know hopefully you're not turning on TV anymore you don't have to uh, most people don't even have to anymore but man if it's not like oh this month we got to get all our horror films out this darkness and guess what the fact is is that and I'm sorry if you have younger children this is a reality especially if you got daughters in high school the 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 wear that a lot of the young ladies that are wearing, that men just wait for Halloween because the young ladies are known for dressing as scantily clad as possible. Yeah. In fact, that's the joke, is that it's, it's almost, you know, rebellious not to be half naked as a woman on Halloween. And this is something that is so huge. This is humongous. Every college campus, all of these things... People are dancing around. These are some of the biggest parties you'll ever go to. And I'm saying this as someone who I didn't come to the Lord until just before I was 21. So I'm not someone who didn't go into that party scene. And Halloween wasn't something that I looked forward to every single year before I knew Christ. All the darkness and it so was forth. was something
2: to look forward before,
1: to. Before, yeah, yeah. When, before I came to know Christ. And I would look forward to those things. Yep, and so I, I'm saying this as a reality to say when we have our minds renewed, we avoid the appearance of evil at all counts. So with all of that, we have to ask the question. You went through the origins and said, hey, this is the origins is what's going on. But do the origins actually matter when it comes to Christians? Do, does it matter that the origins are evil concerning Christians and the question of whether or not we should be celebrating this holiday?
2: Absolutely. Before I was a Christian, I had a similar past as you, Chad. And for me, Halloween gave me a greater and greater appetite for darkness. You know, I wanted to paint my, asked my parents, my mom actually, because she might have said yes, but she didn't. I wanted to paint my room black, you know. I, uh, on Halloween one time, I made my face white, but then I made with the black just two tears coming down. And uh, now my life was pretty sad before Jesus. But it gave me a taste, you know, visit the cemetery, uh, you know, uh, in, in, not on Halloween, but another time. Uh, in in the idea of, you know, just the realm of the dead and the spiritual world. And what Halloween does, oh, oh, it's innocent. No, you can be, if you're a parent especially, you can be, not knowingly, but inadvertently giving your child a greater greater taste for darkness rather than for Jesus. And that breaks my heart. And yes, the origins do matter because look what, Lord, first of all, and we'll get into a little bit later, they're still celebrating it today, obviously, Halloween, millions and millions and millions of people, but it's still being celebrated seriously by, you know, those who would call themselves Druids today. Wickens, Satanists, so it's still a, and by the way, Satan wasn't back then, and he's not now, and he's very much active now, too, trying to uh, set, set this uh, holiday on fire for the non-believer, so uh, let me just say this, And Jeremiah 10, 1 and 2, I want to read this, it says, hear the word which the Lord, Yahweh, speaks to you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the nations, and do not be terrified by the signs of the heavens." Although the nations are terrified by them, for the customs of the peoples are delusion, because and it goes on. So it's interesting. The customs are delusion, and then it goes on to talk about how they cut down a tree and they make an idol out of it, and they put they 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 make it into a a, a false god, and they bow down and worship it and so forth. And what's interesting is when he's saying not to be terrified and not to imitate the ways of the nations. Talk about their pagan worship and what was happening in those days is they were terrified just like he says they're terrified of these these gods these supposed dead people and these spirit entities and they recognized many of these were evil spirits that the supposed lord of the dead had let them, had let free that particular evening that particular day so it's interesting that we look at this because halloween was also and he mentions the signs of the heavens it's talking about astrology there and they would tell the future they would get Understanding the future that would from and it basically opened them open them up to a bunch of false teachers, Druid teachers, Druid liars, man, false prophets, sorcerers, and so forth to give them revelation about the future. In fact, listen to this this is uh, the NLT's translation of the Jeremiah 10 2, which I think is great in the way that it brings out explicitly what we're talking about with regard to foretelling or foretelling the future. This is what the Lord says do not act like the other nations. Who try to read the future in the stars, do not be afraid of their predictions, even though the nations are terrified by them. So what happened is the master occultist held the hearts of a lot of the people in their hands because they had to come to them to understand how to deal with the dead, rather than submitting to the one true God and recognizing that he had power. So it definitely has relevance uh, to today, uh, a lot of relevance. In fact, we're warned about in Scripture that... We're not to imitate the customs, as I mentioned, the nations, but another passage like that, which I really appreciate, is Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, which is a radically inclusive list of many of the things that are practiced in the occult today, and they're forbidden as an abomination or as detestable. Uh, It says, quote, "...when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations." Like, for instance, dressing up like demons, right? "...there shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son or his daughter to pass through the fire." which would have to do with human sacrifice, and that was going on by the Druids and so forth. One who uses divination, that was going on as well. One who practices witchcraft, that was going on. One who interprets omens, that was going on. A sorcerer, that was going on. One who casts spell, that was going on. Or a medium, that was going on. Or a spiritist, that was going on. Or one who calls up the dead, that was going on. Whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. Wow, I want nothing to do with anything like that. Amen. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. So I think it's imperative that we understand that a lot of that day was a day where they opened themselves to spirit world. And guess what? They just happened to be getting all these revelations about the future. Yeah, by demonic entities that were channeling uh, magicians and so forth. And that basically today, I mean, there's all kinds of thousands 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 of people who would literally be trying to contact the spirit world on that day as a special day. So it has definite reference to uh, relationship with regard to the origins to what's going on now. Amos 5.14, the Lord tells us, Seek good, not evil, and you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you uh, say He is. He goes on in the t- next verse to say, Hate evil, love good. So it's important that we recognize that the origins of something, uh, especially when they're continuing on to one degree or another, and the practices and then we also adopt them and say, oh, but it's innocent for us. Oh, no, we're supposed to hate it. And we're supposed to hate it so much that we are we have nothing to do with it. We're not supposed to imitate their practices. Oh, well, if I, you know, put a jack lantern on an evil face and I dress up my kids and, as, as these demons and stuff and, 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 you know, I'm giving tricks, you know, well, I, that's not what's in my heart. Well, it may not be in your heart, you know, uh, your husband's heart to read Playboy, to look at the pictures, you know, but still it's not right, you know. We don't want to associate with that which is evil And the Bible says that we're supposed to basically run from evil, flee evil, not embrace it.
1: Yeah, I think that is so important for people to understand that these these origins do actually matter, where they come from and when we're looking at it. And when you see the darkness alongside of it, you understand why. When you look at the origins of it and then see that the entire, I guess, the entire holiday really is so dark. I mean everything from when you if you walked into a target right to go buy candy you got witches everywhere which by the way we've talked about this on the show witchcraft as a whole there are more witches that register as witches as their religion than there are in the presbyterian church usa in terms of membership so this is a growing growing i would say epidemic and and guys when we're reading those texts in deuteronomy Recognize, as we've talked about a number of times, you talk about this on your Sunday messages, the idea of paganism and witchcraft. I mean, this is stuff, this is Exodus stuff, right? This is all the way back. There's nothing new under the sun. Witchcraft and so forth, wanting these biddings and doing them, just dressing up a lot of people, oh, that's just this, that, and the other. No, people really do believe that if they believe something strong enough, right? The power of positive thinking even. People really do believe if they name it and claim it. People really do believe if they maybe move a wand around, they might get the best rolls and stuff like that. But uh, but nonetheless, I, I see Tony laughing. He knows I I'm I'm not trying to mess up anything you got coming out. But uh, but nonetheless, these are really important for us to understand the origins when you see the darkness next to it. But is Halloween still a serious pagan holiday?
2: Absolutely. I mean. Uh... Different various pagans, which I mentioned, Wiccans. By the way, Wicca. Since you mentioned it, growing, Chad. Uh, you know, I had an article quite some time ago on the on how Wicca was MTV based on the the shows that had been coming out promoting witchcraft and so forth. Uh, stated that Wicca was the fastest growing religion among young people, and it's still uh, it just growing and growing and growing, which is really heartbreaking. You got Harry Potter and all these different things that glorify witchcraft, and uh, and we've shown in our video that exposes Harry Potter. Uh, We show that J.K. Rowling admits that she was actually hearing voices and she was dictating the words as they came to her. And come on, brothers and sisters, man, let's be serious and say, what are the origins of Harry Potter? I mean, you got J.K. Rowling saying it's a stream of consciousness where these characters, when she first discovered what she was going to write, were strolling into her head. And she just was basically taking notes and then she took Audible. Uh, That's basically doctrines of demons and seducing spirits trying to promote. And they've been very, very successful. Uh, at it but yes it's very much a, a holiday that's very serious in fact a professed witch named Rowan moonstone that's a pseudonym pseudonym uh you know he asked he's asked, he asked the question uh does anyone today celebrate Sawin as a religious observance he responds by writing quote yes many followers of various pagan religions yes many followers of various pagan religions such as druids And Wiccans observe this day as a religious festival. They view it as a memorial day for their dead friends, similar to the National Holiday Memorial Day in May. It is still a night of practice of various forms of divination concerning future events. All these things are forbidden, you guys, in Scripture. Uh, Now, it's interesting. Another witch, and she's a witch that writes articles and I checked out her website some time ago uh, where she writes articles about Halloween and and how to homeschool as a witch and so forth and she has articles she has statements here which I'm not going to go into them all I've got quotes here and I may be preaching on some of this and a lot of this on Sunday because it falls on the 31st yeah
1: I think that's important too for you guys Um, And and one of the cool things is I see a ton of the comments are from people that actually watch on the live stream I talk to all the time you know from from Chuck to uh, Lady Songbird there and so forth a ton of people on the live Thanks, stream God. right now that do come and meet with us on Sunday mornings when we do meet on here at nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We're moving to nine thirty actually, uh, so I don't mess that up. That the
2: following week we'll be moving. So to in two weeks, right? Week, we'll, Sunday
1: we'll be at nine thirty Pacific Standard Time for you guys to join us. You can go right onto the Blessed Hope Chapel uh, YouTube channel and make sure you join us, especially for this Sunday because Joe's going to be talking about this subject more in depth because I won't be there to butt in, and he'll be able to just go no, for had a lot, full brother. hour. So. No, that, that'd be great. But I just wanted to point that out for you guys who were wondering. And there's a ton of people in the comments. So if you guys see that, you guys can send them a link as well for me while we're, while we're on the show. Yeah,
2: and I'll mention just a tad bit of what she says. She talks about how to homeschool your kids and how to use Halloween to, you know, show the methods of intercommunications with divination tools, tarot, meaning tarot cards, right? Occult cards, palmistry, palm reading, astrology, skeletons and skeleton systems, organs, anatomy, the spirit world. It's just crazy, bro. Uh, So these people are using this holiday and still worshiping according to many of the practices that were originally worshiped. Sharon Graham, who fancies herself as a high priestess of of Salem witches, said of Halloween, quote, Salem, speaking in Salem, Massachusetts, is a Mecca, especially around Samhain. It is our holiday, our new year. And a lot of witches come here from all over the world. So Wiccans and various other witches look at this as a, a high holiday. Uh, Wiccan high priestess Dorian Valiente Anyone who was a study the occult in any depth and knows her name because she helped formulate Gardenian Wiccan I mean the most popular form of Wicca modern Wicca which basically goes back down to Gerald Gardner who was a member of Crowley's OTO and consulted with Alester Crowley the Satanist and used many of his teachings within brought them into Wicca Wicca was started by a pervert this guy was a pervert and Crowley uh, gave you know he basically supposedly gave him his blessing. And by the way, Crowley's do what thou wilt, so be the whole law. Became the wicked part of the wicked readers, do what thou wilt. They changed a little bit, yet harm ye none. It was a kinder, gentler form of, of, of a witchcraft and Satanism, although they worship a horned god, but they say, Oh, we don't believe in the devil. Of course you don't. You know, that's what Satan wants. He wants you to think that you're worshiping some horned god, but it has nothing to do with the devil. That's part of the deception. Well, Doreen uh, uh, Valiente, who helped formulate Wicca, after Gardner got done with it, she said, quote, Halloween is one of the four great Sabbaths of the witches. To witches, Halloween is a serious occasion. However, merrily celebrated is the old Celtic Eve of Samhain. So they're saying we're still practicing that. In fact, Satanist, Ale- or Satanist Anton LaVey, who founded the Church of Satan, who wrote the Satanic Bible, uh, he uh, states unequivocally uh, in the Satanic Bible, quote, after one's own birthday, the two major satanic holidays, he say, states, are May 1st and Halloween. So it's one of the top three holidays for Satanists is Halloween to this day. In fact, the Church of Satan's fact page stated, quote, Halloween is a time when the masses reach down inside and touch the darkness, which for us, Satanists, is a daily mode of existence. Now, think about what he's saying right there. Halloween is a time, or the Church of Satan is saying on their fact page, Halloween is a time when the masses reach down inside and touch the darkness, which for us Satanists is a daily mode of existence. As they may freely, as they may freely says, quote, indulge their fantasies by donning costumes that allow for intense role-playing and the release of their demonic core. So they understand uh, that wearing these costumes allows them to identify with something else, and opens them up to the demonic world, their demonic core uh, in the church of Satan. So this is very, very important to understand that it's uh, very seriously uh, for Satanists and Wiccans and other other pagans a holiday. And that's serious stuff. Should we, we're we're called not to practice the pagan customs of the other nations, but man, you're practicing pagan customs that are blatantly satanic. So why would you do that and call yourself a Christian?
1: No, Amen. Yeah, I think this is really important for us to understand, and and we do we do come at this topic with love, you know, especially you know, like oh, I said, that's there's why plenty of people. You. We love you, Amen. There's plenty of people, you know, they have some disagreements, but we want to make sure that we're digging into this so people understand and they see the biblical ramifications, your walk with Christ, your orthodoxy, what you believe about the scriptures, what the scriptures teach. And your orthopraxy, the things which you practice yeah, amen, and do. Bro. So, we want to make sure we have those things in line with the will and the heart of God. That's the most important thing. And so, I, I guess a lot of people, this is going to come up. You know, a, a lot of people have this question Hey, you know what? I'm going to dress up my daughter in a bumblebee. There's nothing wrong with celebrating because I'm going to do it in light and we're going to go trunk or treating and dress up our daughter as, uh, you know, a bumblebee or or some, you know, I don't know, some character of some sort. Is there anything wrong with actually dressing up for this holiday?
2: Well, let's say I went to the Church of Satan, and let's say they had opened their doors to anybody. Uh, I tried to go there in San Francisco years ago when we were working on the Kinsey uh, video with uh, Chris Pinot, and we went there as well, uh, but I didn't realize they had shut their doors already. Uh, But let's say, but I wasn't there to go there worship. We are there to, you know, investigate, you know. So uh, what if the Church of Satan in San Francisco's doors were open and they were celebrating as Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan teaches uh, that Halloween is a high satanic holiday. And let's say I was a bit younger and, you know, my daughters and my son were younger and I was dressing them up as three bumblebees. And I went in there to just say, well, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm celebrating the holiday, but I'm not dressing them up evil. I'm dressing them up as bumblebees. That would still grieve the Spirit of God, I believe. Or if I went to a Wiccan ceremony and where Wiccans were celebrating Halloween and so forth, and I went into their building and dressed them up as bumblebees. I, I, now, let me say this. I understand the intent and uh, the parents, are they want their kids to have fun. They don't want them to miss out and so forth. But part of being a Christian is making hard calls when it hurts and when you were misunderstood by the world, I believe. And... uh you could say, well, I want to actually take them to the Church of Satan or to a Wiccan, you know, da, 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 but think, it's not the building that makes this thing evil. It's the very roots and the very practices still associated with it that are demonic. So you're still entering into the global worship of darkness, no matter how tame you want to paint it. And I just, that's my own conviction. And it's a strong conviction based on the scripture. I don't condemn people. They dress their kid up and so forth. I leave them before the Lord and pray that the Lord has mercy and opens eyes to understanding. And uh, sometimes it's hard to know exactly where always to draw a line. But I believe, uh, for me personally, even if you're in doubt, you cast it out. You, anything not done in faith, it says in Romans 14, is sin. So I want to make sure I always... Uh, and to me, this is not like a gray area, you know. Uh, to me, it's pretty clear that this is a satanic holiday and has been for years. So to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge. And in regard to dressing up, listen to the History Channel. And I've been quoting a lot of secular sources. So I'm not going to Christian sources, you know, saying, hey, look, you know, this guy says this, this guy says that. I'm going to secular encyclopedias and so forth. And uh, this is a, the History Channel, an article on how trick-or-treating became a Halloween tradition, quote, trick-or-treating setting off on Halloween night in costume and ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than a century. Its origins remain murky, but traces can be identified in ancient Celtic festivals. During some Celtic celebrations of Samhain, villagers disguise themselves in costumes made of animal skins to drive away phantom visitors. Okay, I think that's important to understand because uh, they're saying, hey, some of its traditions and how they connect, they're murky. But there's evidence that this is what they were doing. They were dressing up in costumes. Again, they were in some cases uh, trying to disguise themselves. In other cases, whether it was using jack o' lanterns or what have you, or making their faces evil themselves, playing right in the devil's hands and seeking, the, thinking they were going to, you know, cause these spirits to be afraid of them or what have you, and uh, so forth. So, but listen to what it says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-two. Because a lot of professing Christians will. There's a lot of Christian moms and Christian, you know, they'll dress their kids up, but they'll dress up like witches, like it's no big deal and and so forth, or ghosts and dress their kids up like ghosts. First Thessalonians 5.22 says this, abstain from all appearance of evil. Not some, but abstain from all appearance of evil. If we love the Lord, just if you love me, obey my commandments, you know, and now I do dress up. I have to admit this. I do dress up, not just for Halloween, but for every day. You know what I put on? I obey Romans 13, 12. Paul gives us an idea for a biblical costume. The night is nearly over, okay, that's darkness, man. The day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So I believe as Christians, that's the costume we're called to put, be put on, but it's not just, it's not a costume that we wear on the outside, it's a reality that we put on the inside where we put on the armor of light. We, we put, put on the whole armor of God, as Paul said. We take off the old man and we put on Jesus. And what a great opportunity to encourage your kids. Hey, you know what? This is what we need to put on. And point them to Jesus. And, uh, and and celebrate Jesus, not just that day and night, but every day and every night.
1: No, I think that is, you know, really important, you know, because, you know, I have little ones, and my oldest has always been my most outspoken. Uh, and when it comes to... <laughs> His friends and so forth, all of them, when they meet new friends, maybe playing football or wrestling or baseball, and someone asks the question, you know, what are you guys going to dress up as for Halloween? And <laughs> my son Eli, the first thing that comes out of his mouth, oh, you don't know that Halloween is from the devil? And then get, <laughs> likes to give them a speech, and then we have to have conversations. But Eli. it does lead to uh, a gospel message, being able to say, I know we don't we do not do that, we don't practice that, even though it can be uncomfortable, but that's fine. I think that uncomfortability is a great place to be. Being in a season of uncomfortability, being in a place where you're uncomfortable, sometimes is because you need to be stretched. And sometimes you need to be poked in the side to share the gospel. And this is a great time to do it, to be able to explain why you don't engage in darkness. Now, someone actually asked the question on the live here. Now, there's too many comments, so I can't catch up with it, but it relates to similar to dressing, but it actually has to do with the trick-or-treating aspect of Halloween and whether or not Christians should be trick-or-treating as they, I guess, attempt not to celebrate Halloween, but still trick-or-treat.
2: Well, for me personally, and, you know, we're being asked questions and people want to know our feelings on these things and people can go somewhere else if they're looking for pablum or they're looking for uh, to appease their consciences or if they're looking for something that agrees with they, what they want to do, but we want to please the Lord and I'm not saying you can't want to please the Lord and have a different view, but if you're just full-blown just embracing Halloween and saying, hey, it's great, you know, man, I am pro- I have a problem with that personally, but that's going to be between you ultimately and the Lord. When it comes to practices, if I went to a Halloween party and I was just doing apple bobbing, right, or, you know, uh, doing other things that are associated with some of the Halloween parties, I would have a hard time because I'm participating in that party. And... uh I went to a Halloween party one time as a brand new believer. I didn't dress up, I didn't get drunk, which I, was my custom, typically. Uh, I witnessed, I shared the gospel, you know? And uh, much to the chagrin maybe of some of my uh, old friends and what have you that were there. But uh, but then after that it was like, you know, I found different ways to share the gospel. We've written a great track for uh, those who want to pass out tracks on Halloween. Maybe Tony could link that to that in that the deal. But listen to what the same History Channel article States in regard to uh, the history of wearing costumes and dressing up. Trick or treating, setting off on Halloween night, and costume ringing, it goes on to say, same article I was quoting from earlier, goes on to say, during some uh, Celtic celebrations of Samhain, villagers disguise themselves in costumes made of animal skins to drive away phantom visitors, right? Well, now listen to what they say about trick or treating. The uh, same article goes on to say, on the sacred night, people gather to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Banquet tables were prepared and edible offerings were out to placate unwelcome spirits. I'm quoting this from some Christian site. I'm quoting this from the History Channel. And they're saying that they would put treats out to placate these spirits. And the whole idea of trick or treating uh, was that you were concerned about these evil spirits. And it was a very serious thing back then. You're concerned about these evil spirits doing evil things to you. Just like magicians to this day and a lot of pagan uh, uh, pagan religions, they'll placate spirits by feeding their idols, you know, food and so forth and, uh, and what have you. But uh, they would seek to appease these spirits so they wouldn't wreak havoc. So they wouldn't hassle them. They wouldn't possess them or possess their animals or bring diseases or bring death. So what they do is they give them a treat so they don't have to suffer a trick. And it's interesting, when you look at when Halloween comes to North America and then spreads from Canada through the United States. Uh, you have articles in Saskatchewan all the way back into the 1920s, where they talk about, okay, you know what, uh, this Halloween went off without a bunch of, you know, uh, havoc, bunch, without a bunch of tricks, uh, unlike, and then they mention what it apparently happened before, the, dist, you know, destruction that took place to a, a, a government hall, a school, and so forth. So when it first started coming, it started coming with tricks or treats. So the idea now is you go to the, the door, dressed up like some evil character or some character that doesn't look so evil, and you say, hey, give me a trick, trick or treat, you know, and they give you a trick, and they try to make it a plaything. but we're still, I don't believe we're called to take with the occult and try to make it a plaything. It's detestable to the Lord. It grieves, I believe, the spirit of the living God. So the idea of trick or treating, I think, is a big deal. Merriam-Webster website states under trick or treat, quote, a history, uh, Samhain marked the end of summer and the onset of winter, and occurred on a date that corresponds to our November 1st. It was believed that during Tsawin festival that the world of the gods was visible to humans and that the gods took advantage of the fact by playing tricks on their mortal worshippers. Those worshippers in turn responded with bonfires on hilltops and sometimes masks and other varied disguises to keep ghosts from being able to recognize them. These tended to get spooky and dangerous around Tsawin. With bloody sacrifices and supernatural phenomena abounding. You hear what it's saying? Bloody sacrifices and supernatural phenomena abounding. This is Webster's the Merriam-Webster website. And it goes on to say, not quite the neighborhood haunted house, but maybe there's a, the faintest ec- uh, of echoes here, right? So it's important that we understand that as Christians, we're not supposed to fear the dead. They have no power over us. And we're not supposed to fear evil spirits and placate them. And basically it becomes a form of worship. The word worship, brothers and sisters, means serve. Amen? So you start serving uh, these entities uh, so they don't wreak havoc on you. That shows that you're fearful of them. And the Bible says we're not to fear the false gods. We're not to fear men. We're supposed to fear the one true and living God. And I want nothing to do with pagan worship. And that's just very clearly pagan worship. You know?
1: Yeah, Now, and I wanted to point out, too, uh, I wanted to give you guys some resources as well that are from our own website. You can go on goodfight.org. There's actually two articles that we have, and they're up there on the regular screen there. If you just went to goodfight.org, these are the first two articles you would see. We always put them up every time during this year, or every year during this time, we try to put these up. One is called A Christian Response to Halloween, and the other is Halloween, A Satanic Holidays. So you guys can check those out. And Joe mentioned that we actually have a track. We have a team going out on Saturday to Santa Monica. So if you guys are uh, anywhere near that area, we'll have a team out there uh, from our church, from Blessed Oak Chapel, that will be out sharing the gospel, handing out those tracks, as well as others on the subject. And it's a great time, I, I think, to be able to go and share the truth of the gospel in light of, hey, the world is doing darkness we are not of the dominion of darkness. We've been transformed. We've been, go- we've been translated to the dominion of his marvelous son. And so we, we no longer get involved with any of those things. And so I, I, I wanted to ask as well. And before you because, get into that, I just yeah, yeah, want to mention no the
2: track real quick. Because I looked at, uh, I, I checked out our you know website, and it says 75% cent. 75 cents has a similar look to this, and it's very glossy, and it's a track that you could pass out. But I was like, 75 cents, and I text couple of you brothers you know chat included and said tony as well hey why is this thing 75 cents you know can't cost that much to make this track you know and then they got back to me and said it must be your cachet or something because it's 45 cents now so if your cache is 75 cents that's 45 cents and then i was still like hey is there any way we can get it cheaper if is there any way we could you know i mean how much does it costs you know i'm just giving you some inner just i'm a transparent guy some honest things i was like what in the world i was like man let's take the gloss off and just get in print you know so uh, there'll be two versions one may not get read as much that's one reason we try to make them attractive so that the kiddies will read them and actually see the truth of who Jesus is but that's something we'll discuss later at a good fight meeting is trying to get some of our tracks that cost a little bit more to make because they're such good productions and just a lower Yeah and 45
1: cents for that is the cost of making and, sh- and, and shipping actually it's, it's even less uh, it's more shipping than it costs so we try to do those Completely at cost, so they are as nice as, as possible, um, and because we want to make sure there's something to grab. One of the one Absolutely. of the best tracks I think that we have, and I I'm, I know I'm totally getting us off subject, and we only got about 15 minutes, but but is "Are You on the Road to Heaven"? That is my personal favorite track, and I know it's a personal favorite track of a number of yeah, people here. Yeah, a lot of people passed out because it deals with not just Romans Road, but the full. Romans Road, you know, getting into sanctification as well and and things like that. And it's really, really such a great question. And one of the reasons and one of the ways we were just talking about this uh, right before Joe got here with someone else at the ministry saying it's my favorite because whether it's a startup conversation, hey, are you on the road to heaven? Gets people thinking questioning. Or whether you've shared the gospel with someone, you say, hey, I'd love for you to be able to read something a little further on this here you go and you have a great track there that can kind of go over I'm sure what you were sharing in the gospel message but I I didn't didn't want to take on that (laughs) uh,
2: because that track you know and I'm not saying it because I wrote it that track is I didn't realize how much people would love that track I've written a number of tracks and when I go out witnessing and stuff I see people gravitate to that because it does have the whole concept of also perseverance and so forth but in regarding the question Chad should Christians participate in the holiday uh, my, my personal conviction is Absolutely not. Now, I was kind of shocked. I was looking at some time ago, I was looked at the, the stats that were given on a question on CBN's website, you know, uh, where they're asking Christian broadcasting networks, uh, should Christians participate in Halloween celebrations? 87% of respondents said no. I was happy. I was like, praise God. Wow, I didn't realize uh, the church had such good convictions in this regard, at least 87% of the respondents did, and 13% said oh, it's no big deal, you know and I do believe it's a big deal, in fact should Christians participate in it, well uh, I believe it grieves God, I believe it puts a smile on Satan's face, metaphorically speaking, I don't think he ever really smiles but Antoine LeVay, the author of the Satanic Bible and founder of the Church of Satan, listen to what he said, I'm I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year welcome to Halloween End quote. That's pretty powerful. And Don Levy, they had a church of Satan before he died. I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Well, he understands it to be devil worship. Uh, and then guess what? You're entering into a holiday that was all about devil worship. And you might say, well, I'm not worshiping the devil. Well, would you go to a thing which was all about having an orgy, but you just didn't get involved in the orgy, but you're still celebrating their celebration? No, because you'd say, you know, really it's based on evil. You know, why would I want to celebrate even if I'm not taking my clothes off wrong? Uh Christians are warned not to participate in evil. In fact, the scriptures say very clearly, Ephesians 5:11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. That's one of our favorite verses here at Good Fight Ministries, but instead even expose them. So we're doing doing exactly that. We're not participating, but we're exposing it. It, it is. If you talk about the deeds of darkness, man, a lot of Deuteronomy 18, 9-12 are the very things that are practiced in the occult and uh, on Halloween. And I mentioned 1 Thessalonians 5.22 already, uh, have no fellow, sh- or I'm sorry, abstain from every appearance of evil. Listen to 3 John uh, verse 11, which is only one chapter, if you want to call it a chapter there. It says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. So we're called by the Lord, we're commanded by the Lord, not to imitate what's evil, but imitate what's good. And that's why I think it's important that we encourage our children uh, to to celebrate Christ on that day and on every other day. Again, Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 2 says, the Lord says, do not start following pagan religious practices. Wow, that's powerful. And you say, well, it's not that bad. Well, listen to what you're doing when you join the non-believers in such a wicked holiday. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 17 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do, does righteousness and wickedness have in common? You know, so you dress, you all dress my kid up as a saint. So you got your, your couple of your kids dressed up as saints, and they're walking with a couple of their friends dressed like demons and devils and witches. It says, Don't be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there with Christ and Belial, right? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing unclean, and I will receive you. And then chapter 7, verse 1, he goes on to say, uh, you know, to cleanse yourselves of all sins of the spirit and of the flesh, And he says, in the fear of God to do that. We should be fearing God and pleasing Him. In fact, when you get into, this is basically, Halloween was based on idolatry, right? And the worship of these entities, service of these demonic entities. And you might say, well, that's not what I'm participating in. But Paul warned uh, that if you were opening yourself up to idolatry, you're you're basically opening yourself up to demons, Uh, even if you didn't mean to be doing so. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 20 through 22. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verses 31. And, uh, oh yeah, 20 through 22. No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. Okay, even though you're not sacrificing to the demons, when you associate with such practices, this is important to understand. Okay, If i haven't convinced yet, this verse should go a long way to convincing the 13% or whatever it is of Christians that say, no, it's cool. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 20-22, no, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. In other words, you're not doing actual sacrificing, but you're sharing in this, in, this, in this practice. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do you provoke the Lord to jealousy? We're not stronger than he Are we? I think this is important because uh, there's certainly going to be people that are going to try to, you know, rationalize their way into participating in this still. But Proverbs 3.7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Uh, Some say, oh, no, Halloween's really good. Well, Isaiah 5.20 rebukes that. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, and put darkness for light and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In fact, you know what? Our practices should glorify the Lord. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the Church of God, even as I try to please, uh, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good but the good of many, so that they may be saved." So, we're called to, we're warned not to cause someone to stumble. And guess what? You might say, Oh, I can do it, it's not a big deal. But it offends and stumbles a lot of different believers who don't believe it's godly. And what if you seduce them by your behavior into thinking it's likewise good, but it hurts their conscience? And I'd have you read 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 8, I'd have you read Romans chapter 14 about causing a brother to stumble by leading him into activity that deep down he feels is wrong by your example. And then before you know it, even if he isn't wrong, if he thinks he's sinning, it's still sin to him. And it says you can cause your brother to perish from who Christ, for whom Christ died. That's serious stuff. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to leave a heavy millstone or to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So you have to make sure you don't cause your children to stumble by leading them into greater and greater darkness you have to make sure, I mean, this is serious stuff. You have to make sure that you're not leading people into darkness because you just play on the fringes of this this holiday. So, I think that's important.
1: No, I, I think it is really important, and, you know, we got about six or so minutes left, um, and I, I think that gives us just enough time to answer this next question, because a lot of people on here even seeing questions, you know, people are like, well, we have a trunk or treat at our church. Obviously, I think you've already dealt with that, and we dealt with the trick or treating on why that's, that's wrong as well, but but some people are like, well, am I supposed to sit at home and keep the lights off and not answer my door? Am I supposed to hand out one. tracks? I mean, what am I supposed to do if I'm a Christian and I am like, okay, it's October 31st. I know that sun's going down. A bunch of people might be knocking on my door soon or whatever it may be. Yeah. What on earth can I do on that night that is a safe alternative that isn't me participating in? In the practice of witness, that that the no, origin is. And, and it's is a great question, 22. and
2: that blesses my heart that people want to know, hey, what can I do instead? You know, and I've jotted some things down on that. That was one of the questions we wanted to answer. Uh, and Chad, I'm sure you have some things to say as well. And I know we only got four, four point, you know, four minutes and twenty seconds maybe now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's try to get through that in just the four minutes we have. Uh, you know, I've had to deal with that because I have kids, you know, and now grandchildren. Chad has children, which are my grandchildren. We both have to deal with that. So it's not as though we're single people that are, you know, don't have to deal with children and, and deal with these pains. And it's tough as a single person as well at times. But uh, we do believe in healthy alternatives. So uh, we turn the lights on. Instead of shouting at the darkness, we expose the darkness as we're commanded. But how do you expose the darkness? He says, let the light of Christ shine on you, right? We shine the light of Christ. We show the Scriptures, what God's Word says. And therefore, we shine the light. Uh, so uh, I, I personally... Uh, First of all, the term Halloween means to be hallowed. It means It's a short for Halloween Eve, you know? And hallowed means to make holy. And just the term Halloween, that's a day, okay, guess what? I want my day to be truly holy. I want to truly, I pray all the time, hallowed be thy name. Jesus commanded me to do so. I'm not going to hallowed his name by celebrating darkness. I'm going to celebrate Christ, okay? And I do that every day. I'm going to always hallow his name and put him first. So uh, one of the things is, is, you know, we abstain from all the things we've just been talking about, but we celebrate Jesus. We turn the lights on, you know. In our fellowship, we have a a time of celebration of Christ. So we have a big party and we focus on Christ. Sometimes we have worship and, and music, and and hopefully uh, this Sunday, the 31st, because it falls on Sunday, we'll be getting together and hopefully you know we'll be having worship songs, you know, and and, and praise and worship and having a great time together. And kids, we, you know we actually have bouncers and. Uh, not just physical bouncers, you know, we had a lot of, of those in the fellowship and what have you. <laughs> but we have literal bouncers. We'll have bouncers that kids can jump and play and so forth and and uh, festivities and so forth. But not not dressing up at all, not celebrating Halloween at all, but celebrating Christ like we do every day. We, it's the Lord's Day. We celebrate Christ the Lord's Day anyway. We Sometimes and often, you know, we've through the years had Feast of Charities which is the t- biblical term where we get together and we celebrate with food and, and celebrate with the kids and, and the adults. And we're going to do basically a feast of charity and celebrate the harvest of souls. You know, it's the harvest time, the bringing in of souls and, 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 and win people to Christ. And what I would do is, you know, sometimes, you know, if it's, if you don't have something like that going on, sometimes my wife and I would just leave years ago. We just leave with our kids and, and go somewhere, we'd be gone that night. You know, uh, other times we pass out tracks, you know, i go witnessing, things of that nature. Those are all different alternatives you have. But one thing with the kids that you need to do, I think, is use the opportunity to show them who Jesus is. Say, hey, this is darkness. This is what the Bible warns about. And this is a celebration of the evil spirit world in service to them. But I want to share with you children, share with them how Christ got the victory of Satan. We always talk about his substitutionary atonement, in fact, that he paid for our sins and accepted mm-hmm. the wrath of God on our behalf. What a great time to treat, teach them the aspect of the atonement of, of, of Christ's victor. It's how Jesus has victory over Satan. And say, hey, look, kids, you understand that this was worship of the Lord of death and the worship of demons, but Christ has victory over Satan. We don't have to fear those spirits. This is why they dress up. This is why they gave them treats traditionally. And now they continue to do this practice, usually not having a clue what they're doing. unless the serious practitioners, right? But young people, you tell your children, you know what? Guess what? Christ gives us victory. And I sure would like to share scriptures like this. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Therefore, since the children are sure in flesh and blood, he himself, likewise, also particularly the same. God became a man that through death, his death on the cross, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death, that's ancient Druidism, right? Are subject to slavery all their lives. And the gospel went to pagan Ireland, which was Druid worship then, uh, very much so, and many people became Christ under St. Patrick's ministry before Catholicism and so forth, Uh, and Revelation 1, 17 and 18 says that Jesus snatched the keys of hell and death from Satan, and he has victory now. He has the keys of hell and death. The scriptures tell us in, in 1 John 3, 8, I love this, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In fact, if you have children, you might go back later and go through these scriptures and write them down and share them with your children. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of, of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. One more uh, scripture on that, Acts chapter 26, verse 18, uh, that he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the dom- uh, uh, and, and from the dominion of Satan and brought us to God. So many scriptures like that. And I would encourage people to read one of those two articles because we have a testimony of a gal who says, I'm passing out tracts now, you know, and that's what my husband and I do. We, we pass out tracts that night. And I would encourage people to uh, celebrate Christ that night and put on Jesus and talk about let's put on Jesus, and let's serve him and not fear man and the ways of the world. Yeah,
1: I think one of the one of the most awesome things, you know, when you come to Christ too and your part, at least with us being a part of a church family, is while the world is getting together and doing that, being able to come together Amen. on that night and say, you know what? We're not going to sit at our doors, but we're going to come and, and edify each other. We're going to be ble- a blessing one to another, have a feast of charity, and just be, you know, spend time one with another in edification, especially falls on the Lord's Day. How, how awesome is that? What better day than than to be the Lord's light day? of the world that
2: Jesus said we're the light of the world? What better day to shine the light than when there's a night of great darkness?
1: Amen. And so, guys, we we I, as Joe, I just want to encourage you on a couple of the resources that we do have so you guys can check that out. Joe, you also did a teaching that is on the Blessed Hope Chapel YouTube channel called Hating on Halloween. So don't forget to check that out as well as all of the resources that we've mentioned. We hope to make sure that you guys are blessed on this day, whatever it may be, whatever you guys may be doing. And as Joe mentioned earlier, make sure to check out, I believe at 6 a.m., if Tony gets it finished, uh, it'll be up tomorrow, talking about the haunting that goes on with a number of these celebrities because as many people that may be practicing Halloween and so forth and say, well, I didn't know it was dark, a lot of these artists also don't even know. Some do, clearly know, but some don't even know what they're getting themselves into before it's too late. Make sure it's not too late for you as well. Amen.
0: We love you guys. Press on in Jesus.